Hello, good morning. We're the A-House family. This is uh, Rochelle, my son Asher, and Ruthie, and my name is Andrew. The second candle of Advent is the candle of love. It represents the ultimate love of God that he might send his only son for us. Today's scripture reading comes from Isaiah 49 through 11. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. Lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends to his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, pour your love into our hearts so that we can give it away. May they know we are followers of Jesus by our love. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I like history. You know that. History is a very interesting thing because often in the history of the world, incredibly important events are overlooked. They're unnoticed. Between 1804 and 1815, the entire world was embroiled, if not immediately across the Atlantic, in what have become known as the Napoleonic Wars. Napoleon was marching across Europe, and people in Europe and around the world were concerned about what it might be. Would one man take over the world? At about that same time, midway through those wars, February 12, 1809, in a small town in Kentucky called Hodgenville. A baby boy was born to an unknown family and relatively poor. His name, Abraham Lincoln. Now, it's not as though the Napoleonic Wars were unimportant. They were huge. But what went unnoticed was that a future president and how could they know, was born, who would not only change this country, but in effect, change the world. Of course, that's not the only historical event that seemed almost invisible in the history of the world that later became known as a key event in the history of the world. At the time of Jesus' birth, Caesar Augustus, was the Roman emperor. Actually, Caesar Augustus was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. And he had put down a civil war that made him rise to power, to the height of power, in the unstoppable Roman Empire. One of his first decrees when he became fully the emperor after the civil war was to declare his father a god, thus making himself a son of God. 
Isn't this curious? Caesar Augustus, the most powerful man in the world, declared himself a son of God. What is rather indisputable is that Caesar's reign brought peace to the world. As a matter of fact, it brought so much peace to the Roman Empire, called Pax Romana, that people began to almost venerate him as a god. It was during his lifetime that a very unknown, relatively poor family entered Bethlehem, and a baby was born. His name was Jesus. Caesar never knew him, never spoke to him, never saw him. Caesar had no idea he was born in Bethlehem. All Caesar knew was that he had made a declaration that whoever was a Roman citizen had to go to their birthplace to be registered for taxes. And so Mary and Joseph did. You see, what Caesar was unaware of was that that very thing was prophesied by the prophets long ago. Who is manipulating who? At the birth of Jesus, there was another king. Let's call him the king of the universe that announced through angels that the Christ was born. The angels were unaware that anything was happening. There were probably only two people in the world that were aware that something was happening. It was Mary and Joseph. Until the angels showed up and said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among whom his favor rests. When they heard the news, they rushed to the manger to see the baby. And then they they walked away from that place rejoicing and glorifying God and telling people, oh, by the way, wouldn't you like to know who they told? We don't know. But they went out rejoicing and proclaiming the good news concerning the birth of a new king. It's so fascinating, history. The way in which history changes, and it changes because of relatively invisible events. As I said earlier, Caesar never met Jesus. He never knew Jesus. But several hundred years later, his successor, the emperor of Rome, would bow his knee and claim Jesus as Lord. Remarkable how that otherwise unnoticed, invisible event changed the course of history. There is a parallel universe that we all live in, not just then, but right now. Where the king of the universe is orchestrating events, where a story is being told alongside real history and within real history. And for those who have eyes of faith, you can sometimes get a glimpse of the story. The story is about the kingdom of God. An interesting thing about this parallel universe, shall we call it, the kingdom of God. This kingdom of God is powerfully deceptive. 
It was then and is now almost invisible, especially in certain parts of the world. It was then and it is now relatively unimportant to most people. Relatively lacking in influence for most people. But the reality is this. The kingdom of God dwells in the hearts of those who claim Jesus as Lord. And those individuals, in a microscopic way, change the world. Yes, the kingdom of God is powerfully deceptive. The kingdom of God is nearly invisible. Now, just as it was then. And the kingdom of God is parallel and within real history. You know what's unique about the kingdom of God? Many things, but one. One I will emphasize. You can only see the kingdom of God through the eyes of faith. So as you approach this Christmas season, I want to remind you that the incarnate presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is all around you. Always present in real history. And we have an opportunity by faith to open our eyes to that kingdom. There's another opportunity for those who have not seen the kingdom as such. The opportunity presents itself in a unique way this year, every year, where we focus on a baby in a manger, and some of us open our eyes because of faith and claim him as our Lord. It will change your world forever when you do that. If you haven't, I would invite you to do it today. You don't have to be flamboyant. You don't have to stand up and shout. You can do it quietly. Just like Mary pondered all those things in her heart. You can quietly say to Jesus Christ, Lord, I believe. Please be my Savior. You know, in houses we have pictures Sometimes we have sayings that are pictures. And in my house, we have one. Well, more than one. Sometimes I'm reminded I should look at them. <laughs> like, reminded to look at the one about love. But there's one I remember for whatever reason. I believe somebody gave it to us. Hangs on the wall of our bedroom. And it goes something like this. Life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. Keep your eyes open. The kingdom of God is all around you. The kingdom of God is inviting you. If you open your eyes and see it, it will Take your breath away. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you 
for that almost invisible historical event. Except for the four Gospels, we would know virtually nothing of Jesus. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, those four Gospels became a historical record that lit the world on fire. And here we stand, Lord, in the afterglow of this marvelous incarnation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And we pray today, Lord, you will renew our hearts by faith. You will once again open our eyes to see you around us and that you will open our hearts to receive you. These things we pray through Christ, our risen Lord. Amen.